Hello, how's it going? Welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. Thank you for hitting on the button. Really appreciate you being here. I hope the pneumatic drill that's in the street outside isn't coming through too badly on the microphone. We're beset by roadworks. There's been optic fiber cables laid. The college near where I live, the ladies' college, is uh, having huge renovations done as well. So, a bit of a building site all around me, but I hope you're not affected by it. Thank you for being here as i say thank you to the sponsors bang nollison of cheltenham and serene av who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations check out jason briggs and his team cheltenham's uh, bang nollison store online the website bang nollison cheltenham bno underscore cheltenham on instagram and twitter and always stress that through that company serene av they can design you a bespoke home entertainment solution whatever brand best fits your vision and your budget, not necessarily just the fine Bang Olufsen equipment as I wear my headphones listening in here. Really appreciate those and uh, definitely the good quality. Well, also on the subject, which we'll talk about health and fitness and didn't really get around to supplements actually, but wanted to talk with Ross Mitchell and we'll get him back on again. But supplements and trace elements has been a key component of my health education through my father, Dr. Mark Draper, and he's work alongside Cytoplan. Cytoplan is a food-based supplement company in the west of England, not far from here in Cheltenham, up towards Malvern in the village of Hanley Swan. And my dad's uh, area of interest in the UK has been predicated on UK soil samples and the evidence of depletion in certain key elements or trace elements that he believes are key in health anyway, like selenium and zinc. And they are very much components of the multivitamin we currently take called Immune Complete, Immune Complete 1 for menstruating women, Immune Complete 2 for adult male, and there's kids Immunovite as well, but it has the vitamin D3 in there as well, vitamin D3 you may call it, vitamin C, vitamin C, and uh, B12, B6, the key, key ones, but it's got those trace elements too, and it's got the whole raft of bespoke individual uh, specific supplements at cytoplan.co.uk as well, and if you would like the discount associated with the podcast. The discount code is my last name, Draper, the numerals one zero and the capital letter R. So Draper 10R at cytoplan.co.uk. And cytoplan is C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N. Right on to the podcast today. This is off the back of a fantastic afternoon I spent last week in the town of Sirencester at the Cotswold Leisure Centre with a man, Ross Mitchell, who was our fitness tutor for what was superficially a circuit training course, but actually we did some really cool movements. We did bear crawls. We did crab walks, loads of different things, some reverse flies on the floor for our back, and some exercises I hadn't done before that really opened my sort of pathways, got me buzzing, reminded me of the importance of trying new movement, new skills. and had some interesting conversations with Ross as well, who studied philosophy, studied counseling, actually, uh, by virtue of his career in fitness and enabled him to be a more rounded fitness trainer, I'm sure. A very thoughtful man, well-read man. Lots of interesting takes on not only fitness and well-being, but how that fits into a, a rounded life and holistic health approach and how that has to be bespoke to the individual in their stage of life and their, their ability to commit to fitness and, and where it fits the picture of their life, particularly big la land events, la life events like becoming parents, getting married, etc., and how we are all multifaceted or trying to be and how, trying to juggle all those various areas of our life to keep going and moving forward healthily. So here he is, uh, the one and only Ross Mitchell. Ross Mitchell, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate your time. Great to have you here. How are you doing today? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you for, for inviting me. It's quite a, quite a novel experience and people are like, would you like to speak? I'm like, what? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't want to have any consequences. Like, are you sure? Hey, well, you know what, though? I think we chimed over a lot of things. It's really I sort of reinvigorating and an inspiring session with you. And it was actually nominally a circuits training course, but we had some really good conversations in the class this past weekend as, as part of a fitness course that, that I've been pursuing. But it was, yeah, we went to, to lots of different areas. And I know having covered boxing and mixed martial arts, you, you're, you've been a boxer and a mixed martial artist yourself. And there was resonance there, but we talked about things like life philosophy, where health and well-being fits in. So it's really good to get your thoughts. Someone who's been studied in this for for decades now, that we're a similar age, and suddenly you start talking about decades, which is uh, which is quite surreal. Um, but but yeah, what what is your background there? Because you, your sort of parallel relationship between physical training and, and mixed martial arts has been there since the start, has it? Or was it mixed martial arts that that then begot the fitness stuff? No, I am um, well. Essentially, like a lot of a lot of kids, you know, when I was like five six seven years old mum was like I need time so I got stuck into like karate and stuff like that and then from there that was just where it stayed I mean I did sort of various other things as well you know squash badminton um, bits of tennis and those sorts of things just because it was lots of sports clubs because it was uh, obviously back in that sort of time it was the only sort of 90s the after school care it wasn't you didn't necessarily have to pay for after school clubs in like the same way. Yeah. You could just like go and join them. Um, so I got into fitness very sort of early on from there and then went into other things like golf and that sort of stuff. And because obviously being there quite a lot, it was then, oh, do you want to help with like the, the juniors, like the newer juniors mm. that were coming in? So that was where I started to get into it from that sort of, um, what could you call it? Like um, almost like a trustee or something like that. So you'd always have like the people in the classes and whatnot that had been there a while mm. and they'd be the ones asked to sort of help out a little bit. And that was what sort of got me on the, the thing of, ooh, this is quite interesting. And then it was finding books, going to charity shops and picking things out just to get the knowledge and, and to help. Mm, and it was something that genuinely was sort of very interesting to me and resonated. And believe it or not, being sort of having that more frugal life and going into <laughs> charity shops and those things, stumbled across some books, which now you look on Amazon, you're like, like $300 for a book. You're like, really? Wow. Yeah, because they're not in print anymore. And it was very sort of like, wow, it's, it was just, just a book like I found mm. for like 50p in a bargain bin. Because being a sort of young, younger kid and a teenager at the time, it's like, well, that looks like somebody mm. who's doing athletic stuff. I'm sure that book's going to be good. <laughs> but again, you open it up and there's no pictures in there. Yeah. It's yeah. just all writing and stuff. So you start to like read it and try and understand it. And it, it took years and years before, you know, some of them really sort of started to, mm. the knowledge started to sink in. There was one book in, in specific called uh, Super Training. And yeah. it's like a 600 page odd book. And it's just, it's got everything in there in regards to strength conditioning. Yeah. But yet when you look at it, it's not the sort of thing you'd read cover to cover. I tried that, don't. <laughs> is, it, is it still, does it still work now, that same book? Would it still be relevant yeah. now? Just, yeah. Yeah, it would, yeah, it would still be relevant now. Obviously, when whenever you're looking at things, the most people will ask questions everyone tries to give the answer but well it depends so well, that's not okay it's not incorrect it's just that's a terrible answer mm. a better way to look at it is okay in what context so a lot of the stuff in super training if you've got a specific context that resonates with it you could be looking for say something on plyometrics you could then look up where all the plyometric sort of nods are as you were and then yeah. start to go okay well how does this apply to the context that i am looking for is it specific will it help yes mm. no maybe and then you can start to critically think about it and try and apply things and i think that's where a lot of the knowledge does sink in over time as you start to go well i've read that somewhere before something's familiar yes and you start yeah. looking at it because then you start to understand the application because you can have all the answers if you're not 
if you don't understand them or understand how to apply something, then, I mean, I said this to somebody recently, knowledge without application is just trivia. Mm, that's true. And that's the, the biggest thing. Is it doesn't mean you need to be able to apply everything straight away. And I think that's one of the potential limiting sort of beliefs, mindsets, factors, whatever you'd like to call it. Mm. But most yeah. average people tend to, to suffer from these days, if you want to use the word suffer, is they, they get inside their own head because it's like, well, I can't do it perfectly, so I'm not going to do it at all. So, no, no, you need to start <laughs> somewhere yeah. and you apply it and refine it and get better just because it's not perfect straight away. So very few things start out perfectly. It's going to take a little bit of nuance to find out where it needs to go. Yes, we can look at what has worked through history, through training, say for weight loss, for better health or whatever. We go, okay, this has worked. Mm. Why did it work? What were the principles behind its success? Okay, great. How can we apply those principles? Can we apply it verbatim? If so, brilliant, mm. brilliant. If not, right. It's, what it, tweaks do we need to put in? It's almost like learning a language, isn't it? And I've, I've been trying to learn Spanish intermittently yeah. in, in the car. It's, it's almost like you can say certain phrases, you might have certain exercise science, insights but then actually you have to be around it like you say before you before you can understand it and move within it and, and sort of create a textured approach to health and, and exercise mm, oh 100 I'm, I'm sure as you found with language um, if what you're listening to is going to be the very like the foundation so if you were to go to yeah. certain different parts of the country they'd all have their own like little takes on certain words but you'd still be able to understand it enough mm. to then go what do you mean by that exactly rather than yeah. it being completely out of context how have you found the learning? Is any of it sinking in? It is, but it's, I tell you what, I mean, I've been doing it very um, sort of <laughs> sort of uh, as a, a sideline in the car and it's over many years, but I can now listen and I sort of, I stopped listening to purely instructional things like, hello, how are you in, in Spanish? I listen yeah. to conversations. There's a guy called um, Joel, I think Soldado, or, or he's done basically really interesting Mexican, Mexican-American guy, but he does conversations with Spanish-speaking people around the world. And obviously they've got different pronunciations and as you say different words for for things and it's quite interesting listening to that because you don't understand all of it but you listen to the conversation a few times and each time you listen you understand more and it, mm. it kind of comes and actually I find it more e natural because there's a role play there it's a realistic conversation where actually you can imagine yourself speaking English in a similar scenario and then it then it helps your understanding in a way because you start guessing what words are and things like that so it, it's a process but it's it's part of like you say like a multi a multifaceted life because that was one thing that came out yeah. in, the, in the conversations we had at the weekend wasn't it is that actually sometimes you get into the sort of I guess the the, the bro culture of, of sport and exercise and it's kind of like right you got to go hard up in the five in the morning do three hours training a day but as you said if you're not a professional athlete you know you can turn around and end up divorced if you've got other things to juggle so it is looking at life in a holistic manner which you seem to be doing because you I mean you, we talked about life philosophies yeah. and all kinds of things well yeah and that's the the big thing with it is it a lot of it comes down to the application of what you're going to need for i mean uh, keeping with the sort of just on the the train of thought with the languages as you're saying like, when you listen to the conversations that's brilliant that's perfect because i know somebody who learned japanese through listening to anime watching it with subtitles and then listening to it and watching it without them wow and she taught herself japanese i'm like that's, <laughs> that's, awesome. a, that's a different level yeah because spanish is more similar to english for sure and that's the thing because you can then do that again with fitness as well so you can look at the what the professionals might do for the inspiration and go okay so what elements of their life can apply to me directly now so mm. it might be a case of the biggest one that every everyone could take and benefit from is the sleep yeah yeah that's one of the first things they all mention is, oh so how, how's it all going What's most important is, oh, I need to get my sleep in. 
or it's it. usually it's usually shoehorned in very early on is sleep nutrition recovery that's what they talk about it's seems to be a shift that ross that's a shift do you feel that's a shift in the last 10 or 15 years that that's really come to the forefront well it, or was it always yes. there i don't know no, no, yeah. it, you're right it's both i mean it's come to the forefront because now it's it's more popular because let's be honest sleep isn't sexy <laughs> sexy is like lifting 400 pounds and then smashing a 500 meter yeah. run and then repeating it many times yeah yeah sleep is sleep is not sexy <laughs> it it's a sleep, sleep when sleep when you die culture can be in that sort of the macho sports well, can't it that's yeah. It. yeah the thing is that's very much modern culture as well uh, being busy is a badge of honor these days and the idea of it's like well if you're not busy you're not doing anything i mean i'm sure you've seen this maybe in like the office and i'm sure mm. people listening might who work in offices it's like oh, the boss quick look busy yeah like, yeah busy is not productive i mean yeah three hours on email people spend apparently on average which is frightening oh, yeah i know right and you're like well what's the point in that some people say oh i hate meetings i'm like no you don't you love meetings <laughs> there's no chance to look busy and to, to doss around it's like, don't. <laughs> yeah that's not the point but that's i mean with sleep that's very much as it is people see it's off oh, i'm sleeping i'm missing out so well no if you sleep you're going to have as we know better hormones you're going to have generally <laughs> mm. cognitive ability it's going to improve everything i mean there's been various studies done the over the years i mean i'm one that's trying to come up from memory i cannot remember the exact details of it but it was i'm pretty sure it was russian and they deliberately limited people's sleep to see what would happen obviously because it didn't fall into the realms of the most humane type of study to do, <laughs> no. but they were waking them up in the middle of the night with like screaming noises and sirens to see how quickly people would degradate Mm. And it didn't take long from like memory. It was within sort of like a couple of days, their cognitive sort of function started to go down within a week. They started to lose sort of physical ability. And then yeah. sort of after that, they became almost like zombie-like within sort of like 10 to 14 days. Mental um, health. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I need to properly like dig into the internet to see if I can find that. But I remember, I do remember stumbling across it like years ago. Yeah. Um, it might've been mentioned in the book, um, like, out sleep sugar and survival by t.s wiley uh, that mm. was how old's that book now that book must be about 10 years old that was a really good book like linking into all of that because the the sleep thing has been around for a long time it's just yes. not been the most popular idea because yeah, people pe are like well you need people sleep. like Rog roger federer has been talking about it you need those high profile figures sometimes to sort of bring it home don't you and i don't know how he does that because he's got two sets of twins but presumably he's got a, a phalanx of nannies at his house that, that deal with the babies at night just, but, just imagine yeah. that they're all yeah. there just ready yeah. ready waiting yeah oh, roger's got roger's got five more hours until we can uh until we can rouse him but that's it but his longevity is there for all to see he's knocking on 40 and hopefully he comes back from his latest injury and still playing at the top level and that's apparent mm. isn't it people like in tennis in particular longevity of these guys you see phil mickelson win a, a major in golf at the past weekend yeah, it, it seems yeah. to be that the athletes are getting older and maybe sleep's part of that that picture well i say a, a good one of that might be um uh, is it tom brady mm. you're like absolutely that's that's not normal it's like it's clearly he's doing something obviously genetically he's top top of the pile <laughs> there's going to be yeah. like a genetic advantage there it's like right what elements of health does he do that can apply to everyone because you get some of these people that they have they injure their knee and they get stem cell treatment or something very modern and you're like yeah well, that's that's not viable for normal people no, <laughs> no. however what else can they do and it's like well they do their rehab work um i believe it was Stuart mcgill um oh, what he mentioned it on a podcast again recently but he's written about it in some of his books that mm. or was it gray cook it's one of those two that when it comes to injuries and rehab and those things most people will opt for the surgery and um, when they're talking about athletes and um, like powerlifters, people like that and that nature, 
is that we are actually better off taking the recovery time for the for after the proposed surgery so the, the example they sort of gave is oh, if you're going to have to have knee surgery and you need to have a year off no just take a year's worth of recovery while doing all of this rehab work and the full rehab prescription yeah and mcgill's uh, he's got i think it's the big three he calls it i can't remember what the movements are but that's what he's been using to help a lot of people he's a big he's big in sports science isn't he big scholar i yeah, mean go is. back to my day i think yeah it's sports yeah. science yeah but that's uh, the idea of it it's like you don't necessarily need surgery you need the recovery and everything that goes with it because this surgeries are very useful and sometimes they are necessary that this if you say you tear your peck off well that's not just going to randomly heal <laughs> no. you may need surgery for that and yet there's there was a chap um who was part of ido portal's movement culture group and he literally i'm pretty sure he tore his peck yeah and he rehabbed it himself with no surgery and then was back within several months doing muscle ups and all those kind of things and the mm. video is online for that to find and you look at it you're like well that's interesting. Again, that's like an N of one, yet it does then sort of credence to what McGill and um, Grey Cook and people like that and Sufal saying, people like that saying, if you get the recovery element right and look after your body and movement and mobility and take that approach of, okay, let's look at the bigger picture of what we can apply without necessarily going under the knife unless it's mm. a last resort sort of thing, health, nutrition, all of that. Can you get yourself back to where you were? Because um, I believe Sufal Sain's book, she has a book on injury it's on my kindle um, mm. i think it's from injured to uh, from injury to athletic performance it's, a, it's along that title it's one of her more recent books and yeah. she talks about how you can get people back from high level when they've been injured through rehab and getting everything aligned up to that high level performance again because as i'm sure you're aware when some people get injured they're like that's it my career's over yeah particularly hamstrings things like that yeah exactly it's like well is your is your career over or do we now need to find why that happened what tissue is not functioning as it needs to how is your movement compromised what else is not right yeah again and that comes to are you sleeping correctly are you eating the right amount of foods because from a training perspective there's there's several schools of thought that if you take a simple one you've got in terms of how much you can train for example mm. you have maximum recoverable volume as um michael's hotel and renaissance periodization sort of describe it and uh, minimum effective volume yeah. Now, with those two things, people look and go, well, I, I mean, what's the difference? Well, <laughs> maximum recoverable volume, in my view and my sort of opinion on it, is possible if you've got all of your ducks lined up in a row. Yeah. Because that will allow you to train at your maximum recoverable volume. The perfect life. Have, yeah. yeah. Exactly. If you don't have those lined up, you can train somewhere close to it, although that's not your maximal recoverable volume it's your maximal recoverable volume given your life situation and your circumstance and that's where the, the nuance comes into it mm. and you look at most average people it's like okay you can train that way yeah. but understand you may not get the results that you think you will because although you are training at your mrv it's not your true mrv so yeah. why not opt for the minimum effective volume or minimum effective dose as brooks cubics calls it and See how little you can do while continually making progress. Because then that gives people, like we're talking like people like me, for example, average people, the, the chance to still live life, to yeah. have a bit of fun with things the, and the, not to be screwed, feel like they're under scrutiny all the time. That, that's kind of the less, less is more sort of general philosophy, is it? It's essentially, yes. Because oh, who was it who said um, it is vain to do more um, with what can be done with less or something, something along those lines? Mm. That's a quote that always sort of like sticks out because it is true. It's like the whole use a, why use a big word if you can use a small one. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of plays into the sort of 
intense cardiovascular, do 10 minutes exercise. Maybe is it, is it allied to that thinking and, and resistance training? You don't have to go in and do two hours of weights. You can, you can go and target certain exercises. Maybe it's a couple of sets of pull-ups a day, whatever it may be, just to, to enhance and improve. Yeah, and, and that's the idea with it. Um, was it? I think it was, uh, I remember hearing this thing from Dan John. It was, it was in one of his books. And he was re- I'm sure he was referencing Coach Ralph Morn, or I'm sure it was Ralph Morn. And he was saying, um, little and often over the long haul, Mm. So you're trying to get continually better over time, whereas in this day and age, everybody wants wants it now. With yeah. just you know, they want it all now. They'll pay whatever they whatever they need to pay, and they'll get it now. So okay, <laughs> those options can happen. It's just it's not going to last. Yeah, yeah, and it has to fit into a picture of you, like say, if you're not a professional athlete, which has a has a sort of uh, a tinge of selfishness to it because you have to get your sleep, you have to get your rest, you have to mm-hmm. dedicate time mm-hmm. to your training and. And you have to maintain your energy and, and regulate your energy and you can't put too much into maybe some relationships and friendships that other people can but when you've got the picture and you, and you it's brilliant actually in the you did that and i hadn't seen it before the lift or if you're listening in america the elevator kind of uh, diagram of, of all the corners of your life and if, if the elevator is trying to go up through the the shaft you have to try and make sure it's balanced otherwise it hits the wall mm, yeah and and that, I mean, that particular image I got from a gentleman by the name of um, Julian Pinot. Hopefully I haven't butchered his last name. And, <laughs> and he runs, or he's the sort of the founder, creator, whatever you'd like to say, of um, StrongFit. And mm. you'll find lots of his like, content on YouTube if, you, if anybody wants to go and sort of like delve down to that. Because he was talking about um, hormesis and how stress and stuff affects it. He explains it far more eloquently than I could. Yeah. Yet, that's what he sort of discusses in a lot of his um, older videos. So it's well worth going and looking at that. Because again, it starts to take you down the route of, looking at the more sort of holistic style of life as you've discussed because precision nutrition talk a lot about that as well as do a lot of coaching practices it's like okay Mm. we've got to see that where you are we need to meet you where you are and try and encourage you to move forwards i mean you can't necessarily force change in into people you can i suppose the only problem with that is you then take away responsibility and accountability for them and you then become that that crutch that keeps them moving that keeps them there the mm. second you take that away it's it's very rare that people can go it alone because they become so dependent um was it stephen covey who says in his book the seven habits where you're trying to create sort of independence interdependence and those sorts of things mm. if people become dependent on you it's like no 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 yeah you can, you can help and work with people but in the end you need to be responsible for yourself there's only so far you can take people and in like a fitness sense the sporting sense as you said like quite rightly with athletes they have to be selfish to a degree and they'll be like right i will do whatever it takes to get this gold medal i remember reading was it they asked a lot of olympic athletes oh, if you could take xyz and it would cost you 20 years of your life that you've yeah. been gold would you do it and a lot, it was like 90 percent or something ridiculous <laughs> just said yes and you're like well that's fair enough yeah. because it's like a gold from a silver, say in the hundred meter sprint, everyone remembers who wins gold. No one remembers who won silver. Yeah, yeah. What, what's your take on that quickly? Because you mentioned this earlier about genetics, and I had David Karasek on, who is a That's former awesome. Olympic Olympic swimmer for um, Switzerland, and he and he's now a, a motivational talker and speaker in lots of ways. And he is very self deprecating. When he looks back at his career, and I said to him, "Well, you, you didn't have the genetics, say of Michael Phelps, so you're competing with someone like that." And and he said, "He said no. Well, Michael Phelps is time to be beaten now." And actually, that's an explanatory method. We look at his physiology afterwards. But if you believe you can achieve, and I, I don't know where you stand with that, because you, you mentioned hundred meters. That is such a binary 
uh, thing that it, I, I th I'm sure I could get fast, probably half a second faster than I can run it now if I trained a lot, but I'm not sure, even in my prime in my 20s, that I could have any, ever got within, um, you know, 50 metres of Usain Bolt. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? That one. Where do you stand on that sort of nature-nurture? Um, oh, now, see, the nature-nurture thing, I actually wrote a, an article about this the other week, is it's genetics will play a large role in your top end potential. Now, right, we all know who, you know, know Usain Bolt, right? Yeah. Everyone knows who he is. However, genetically, in the world currently, is he genetically the best suited 100 meter runner? So there could be somebody out there with genetics mm. that are maybe 10 or 100 times better than his in terms of if they were to do it, they'd be the one to break nine seconds with, and people go, what? Yeah. And like get know. even, you get even quicker. But this person might be, they might be um, a family man or a family woman who is currently, you know, yeah, cooking. doesn't run. Doesn't run. Yeah, doesn't know. exactly. Yeah, because they aren't exposed to the right situation. I mean, when you look at say in like Texas and countries like that, if I'm thinking of America, like lots of those people that come from that sort of farming background, they end up being very good football players. Yeah, <laughs> not so much for soccer because soccer is not the national sport. The same as when you look at like collegiate wrestling and those things. Wherever the the whatever the dominant sport is in that particular area we often seem to have luckily enough genetically sort of all the people that are right mm. for it now that's genetics will play a part however it's so the combination of everything the opportunities are there because that's what um i think it's matthew say talks about in bounce the whole ten thousand hour rule yeah of you can essentially train people to get to a certain point and that is true However, when it comes to genetics, that's where you've got like the gene expression, your epigenetics, things then need to be lined up correctly to get there. Mm. Now, there's a book called um, The Dip. Is it Seth Godin who, I, who, who's, who wrote The Dip, I believe? I've heard and essentially, that, yeah. The, the, yeah, the premise of that is it doesn't necessarily matter how gifted you are born, although that certainly helps. It's. Uh, we're, we're back. You're coughing your prime there. I'm not sure what happened. This is the, the wonders of modern technology. But um, well, that that was that was very much my end. I apologise. No, don't worry. You were we we were analysing this sort of relationship and the nuance of nature versus nurture. Your genetic potential potential versus what you could achieve. I suppose physically and in skill levels. And I suppose that's the other subplot to that, isn't it? Particularly in sport, even in fighting, which we'll go on and talk about with your experience that you can circumnavigate physical disadvantages with skill and, and intelligence. So it's, that's an interesting component, but on the purely physical side, do you believe you shouldn't, I guess, be uh, disillusioned and you shouldn't not try because you fear that, that someone else has better genetics? Essentially, yes. I mean, as I did say, like, genetics will be the sort of main limiting sort of factor in the end. I mean, you can take away sort of the, the potential sort of supplements and enhancements in sport and the champions will still be the champions. They often have the right mix of mentality, genetics, opportunity, and sometimes just like resilience to things. Mm. And this, this is what we have to look at is why is it so important to them? And from what I've listening to a lot of them, and like you, George St. Pierre's, those sorts of people, it's very fulfilling to them. What they're doing is fulfilling and you're like, oh, that's interesting they yeah. are it, it's, it's beyond a medal to them it's something entirely different and you could see the same with business right some people that are truly successful in business they they create something new their goal was to create mm. something it was to create a culture not just a brand it was to invoke an emotion it was going much much deeper into the psyche because they wanted to enact change 
Um, mm. Is that positive, negative? That can well, that can be a very deep sort of rabbit hole to go down. But usually that's where it comes into it. Is if people are doing things that are fulfilling to them, they are far more likely to do well in them because yeah. it doesn't. It's not just getting a medal. It's and, not and just whatever. Chasing a mastery or an accomplishment or a skill level, mm. isn't it? It's often yeah. a, a big, a bigger, a bigger driver because you often see this in in combat sports in particular. Sometimes mm. people come from financial disadvantage from um, non-affluent yeah. backgrounds and once they achieve the money then they lose the motivation because that's that's can be a really powerful driver to get out of a difficult situation but then those people who pers persist often have a, a more internal motivation mm, well that, see that's that's a very interesting sort of angle um that's a very good point you bring up bring up because that's when you look at it of humans like we've basically humans are sort of like in our sort of positions in our sort of like the first world countries have basically won and humans and species have won the fight for survival, like by mm. and large. But we're our and own we're our own risk now, aren't we? That's the thing. That's the interesting stuff. Like, yeah, exactly. And most, and even like athletes and stuff, as you said, when they get to that point, they're fighting for something, something that's bigger than themselves. And when they get it, they then get bored because mm. there's there's nothing there. There's no challenge. There's nothing to overcome. There's no sort of dragon in the sort of cave. If you want to use some of Jordan Peterson's. Um, sort of analogies for it there's there's nothing extra there there's no treasure mm. they're just like well what now yeah no, <laughs> the, ba the base the basement's empty because you yeah. always hear fighters who come back there's still something in the basement is what they say is is, is a kind of uh, different motivation a different feeling mm. as you say the ones that come from the poverty and the sort of the life struggles again they're not doing it necessarily to prove a point they're doing it because it is meaningful to them they wish to make change. There's that moment in life where they, I suppose you've got like a fork in the road. They can either go to what everyone expects them to be and what their situations and circumstances are taking them towards if they allow it, or they can choose, deliberately mm. choose to go through pain, discomfort and all the hardship that goes with it to come out better the other end, mm. or at least that's the hope. Yeah, and the sacrifices we talked about in the rest of their lives, which is sets kind of elite practitioners mm. above everyone else in terms of family and, and socialising yeah. and, and everything else that, that factors in. What mm. In terms of journey through through fitness and sport then, because for you, you have had the martial arts, where did they where did they come in? And is that part of the, the growth and journey? Because we could we could try and get better at the bench press and the, the lap pull down forever. But mm. there is a sense of, of novelty being important, isn't there? And, and learning something new as well as maybe trying to improve mm. in the in the things that we're currently doing. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I mean, full disclosure, my my own personal bias towards training is skill based. It's learning new things. That's yeah. always excited me because it's like okay as you say bench press and those things they're great there's only so far you can take them mm. as an example on bench press people say oh you know i bench 400 pounds 180 odd kilos you're like okay great the world record bench press is like a thousand pounds or 1200 <laughs> pounds it's something ridiculous it's like so basically it's less than 50 percent of the world's best yeah it's not taking away from their achievements okay that's great why is it so important to you Mm. is it because that is now how you identify yourself well i'm the person who benches this much and it gives you that sense of fulfillment and makes yeah you feel value. men do that don't they men, men almost yeah. compare that sometimes yeah it's like a kind of and, a, a and that's cool. there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that there's like, okay there's nothing wrong with that however there will eventually come a point where if you try and hold on to that 
too long, like all glories must fade. You get to that point and then it becomes very stressful. And that's when people have that regression because they come up against that stress and they are no longer what they perceive themselves to be. And this is where you could say like the midlife crisis has come in or people have those sort of, those mental sort of slips is because the only time they've ever experienced perhaps a similar feeling of stress before, like in the body and their sort of mind, was when they were maybe in their mid twenties, which is why people then have that regression potentially in terms of how they act, because they're trying to reconcile the stress and all they've got as a frame of reference of how to deal with stress like this was yeah. when they were 20. Go out drinking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's where you see these things come into it. And sometimes people you know, overcome that and move forwards and other times they don't. And this is where from like training for me, like being in martial arts and doing those things that like you suddenly <laughs> realize very quickly you're you ain't nothing <laughs> yeah yeah hum, 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 you're humbled aren't you which is yeah, well, yeah we need to be humbled i think because we were talking about this actually yesterday my wife and a sort of a side about how life had this natural momentum and challenge to it like you got thrust through school you went to university you had to become an adult got a job and then you get a plateauing i think in your mid to late 20s and then we became parents which was like jumping into an ice an ice pool and not being able to breathe in a sense and that, that that was an interesting pro process because you like you say try and recapture some of the ways you used to do things and actually you realize that life has has gone for you know at least 20 years in terms of you it all changes and you have to kind of move, swim forward and and find your way that way but actually we, we said that you could avoid things because we're working on a little business on the side and we think oh there's a bit of you know there's, there's something with butterflies in the stomach about we have to put ourselves out there to maybe do this thing and actually yeah. you realize that you have to start doing that yourself whereas life kind of does that when you're young it, it pushes you through and it's it's interesting that as you say that we, we we get a little bit soft but but martial arts as you said can be a way of and anything difficult i suppose any challenge can be a way of mm. of keeping that that muscle that mental muscle as much as anything flexed mm. there's a question for you on, on your little side venture what is it about that that's um i suppose that makes your heart sing what is it about it that sort of resonates and gives you that feeling of yes this this is something that we need to do i think it's something that we would work together on my wife and i she's mm -hmm. an introvert and i'm an extrovert and it would complement both of us and she's very um nice. detail oriented and i'm very sort of bigger picture and actually um we think it would be something and, it, and for me it would be something potentially talking to people as well and interviewing people which i do for the podcast mm -hmm. and i enjoy so that would be it's just yeah just finding things that would that we could build on skills and probably learn other skills as well actually as you say it's it's because I think when you get to a stage in life, you want to, you do want to do new things, but you also think you don't want to always rip up things and start again as a sense of building on what you have. So it's that that sense of progression is is part of it. I don't know whether you find that in what you do, because you've gone to many different avenues of, of fitness mm -hmm. and well-being and, and, and tied it into life philosophies and things, but it all seems to have a, a central thread to it. Yeah, well, it's as you said there, the, like, the perfect word or maybe the perfect word, the appropriate word, if you like to say that, is, is build. Realistically, we would like to build things, right? When you look at, if you take the Egyptians as an example, yeah, right, the pyramids. That that's a that's a really grandiose sort of way. Yeah. right. I want my my coffin to be a big giant triangular thing. Yeah, that will stay around, and that's the difference, isn't it? Because people, I had this thought the other yesterday, actually, just like randomly, and it was it was about Freddie Mercury. Wow. Um, and I was thinking, I was like, okay, so Freddie <laughs> was a legend, right? Mm. He was a legend. What made him immortal was it was to me was Live Aid. Yeah, that's interesting. Because that was what turned everything around. And it, that was a thought that I was I was literally just out walking and I nearly walked into a woman with her dog. I was like, I'm so <laughs> sorry because I was in a world of my own. <laughs> it's like what take because some people want to be remembered, some want to be considered great, others want to be, you know, 
mm. legendary. And then you have the ones that become immortal or immortalized in our thoughts and our memories. And there's people we know now, like Socrates, Plato, if you're looking at philosophers, um, Alexander the Great, uh, you've got all of the, um, Marie Curie, um, Mother Teresa. There's, there's all these sort of people that became sort of from legendary yeah. to like immortalized status. And yeah, Freddie Mercury came into mind because um, I'd watched Bohemian Rhapsody a little while back again because I don't see it at the cinema. Brilliant yeah. film. It is good, isn't it? Yeah. Film. And yeah. that was the turning point. So it's like, okay, people don't necessarily look for that. But if you find it, that then makes life fulfilling because that was where the big change came. If you're looking at like that sort of biography of like his life, yeah, that was where it changed because it was then the chance to to build something, to leave something behind, and to truly sort of give back. And I, and that's one thing. It's I think everyone would like to do is is to give back something to feel they've done like one good thing in their life. Yeah, and there, there's lots of good people. There's far better people than me. It's like humanitarians and good Samaritans, and they do so much. And yet it all goes under the radar, which is cool. That's like, to me, that's the best way to be is like you help without the thought of reward. And it doesn't matter if people know or not. It generally doesn't matter. It's just giving back as much as you can. Mm. And sometimes it tips over into that point of you give something back that is so meaningful to so many people. It creates an emotional shift and a cultural shift as well. Mm. That's in it's interesting. It's interesting, this sort of internal journey, I think, that, that I've gone on. And maybe people go on and you, you talk a lot about um, people who are revered down thousands of years there with, with Plato and, and Aristotle and people like that. But actually, I think as I, as I get older and, and you realise the, the sort of reality of time and, and, and how, how you use it, you actually think what the, some of the more difficult things in life to achieve are the sort of things that no one sees like the interpersonal relationships particularly yeah. as a man with a wife and a daughter it's like I didn't have a script for this I'm one of four boys and there's a sort of <laughs> a, te a texture and a, and a subtlety and a complexity to, to women's emotions and, and, and interacting that, that that isn't you know the sort of rough house abrasive style of my youth mm -hmm. and, and living in in houses of men it was a different thing and actually if I can modify my behavior and learn skills in terms of communication with particularly my daughter is that's going to be a you know huge a huge kind of I guess mission of mine it's that things like that you think that my legacy if I can leave a positive legacy for her is probably me more meaningful than someone saying oh Ed Draper was a great sports broadcaster do you see what I mean because she actually would yeah, yeah. would know me intimately so it's interesting how that evolves from the the external world to, to the sort of closer sort of circles in, in your life I don't know if you found that journey sometimes as well yeah, I know. I'd very much agree with that and say you're, you're very much on the money there. Is It's doing something meaningful. Again, as you say, for that, that one person to sort of save that one life, to do that one thing that, that truly sort of helps someone. And mm. again, if you can leave it for a family member and or link into someone very close to you, it will have deep meaning to you, yourself. And that's what can, again, make things well. Mm. make things a reality and that's the difference is when you have that deep emotional sort of focus on something and this is where lifestyle change and those things come into it uh, tony robbins calls it like finding people's emotional triggers and yeah he's he's right you have to find that emotional driving factor it's like we were speaking about this in like the, on the business side of things on the circuits course is you mm. have um fab it's supposed to be features and benefits and i described it as features advantages benefits because the benefit is the deep emotional sort of this is how it's really going to help people's lives and yeah. that's the the way to really like change something because like take sport for example why do people like sport it might be a bit of escapism it might give them something to aspire to but what deep emotional reason do they enjoy it for some it could be a fond memory of say with a parent they used to go to saturday games 
and that's mm. something that meant a lot to them so they will always then keep it it might mm. be they they used to train with a family member a grandfather a grandmother and they got so much from them it's it's their way of keeping them alive it's their way of keep of making that person immortalized in their own thought because mm. like, yeah it's yeah, about finding, finding your why isn't it is that what tony robbins says as well i heard that it, it's similar yeah. finding a why is simon sinek um mm. I think he's actually got a book called Start With Why. Um, very good book. Simon Sinek's got some good little bits of information out there. And that's the big thing is it doesn't necessarily need to be like, like the pyramid, like we spoke about it a lot. It doesn't need to do like a grand gesture or like what some consider a narcissistic one. It's, it needs to be meaningful. Yeah. yeah so it if happens to yeah. be meaningful to everyone, cool. However, as long as it's meaningful in a deep personal sense, that is, I feel, what a lot of people might be missing. Mm. And if you're yeah, and if you're working out, are you working out to get a beach body for Instagram, or are you working out for a, a deeper sort of stress release, a sense of progression, development, a skill based learning? You know, it's, it's interesting that isn't it? Because we are consumed with the the external and superficial. And actually, everyone now has a, well, not everyone, but a lot of people have a, a public facing sort of persona as well. So that yeah. sometimes the motivations get muddled. Yeah, and and again, this it's it's the world we now live in. I mean, we are so interconnected we're so connected now that you could argue or potentially surmise that we are actually more more alone because we try and be the image that we think and we feel everyone wants us to be and there's so much falsehood we're like well everyone else seems to be this awesome i need to be this mm. awesome as well and nobody wants to be fallible anymore no one wants to admit yeah. that they are just humans we all struggle as i even some of the like, world's top bodybuilders or bikini competitors and even top athletes, if you were to like speak to them, they've got deep insecurities and stuff as well. Mm. Like, to a point, I mean, yeah, some people just don't have that. And you're like, that's, that's, a, that's a very <laughs> rare human. Some yeah. people don't. Often did, did, people always have their doubts. Can you, can, can you have general confidence? That's what we talked about as well, isn't there? Is there, because yeah. you've done those varied sports, can you, can you go in there with a, a measure of confidence? Because I know you're, you're exploring jujitsu at the moment. Is there, do, you, do you approach that with confidence or is it a different type of confidence than something that you've achieved a relative mastery in? Yeah, so, uh, with jujitsu, it's one of those moments of, um, okay, let's see what this does. Got smashed <laughs> on the first time, as people do, and you're like, this is awesome yeah it shows there's more and that's as i said for me i'm a very skill-based person it's learning those new things and there's there's always more mm. whether it doesn't have to be again financially sort of rewarding or those things but there has to be more to life to give you more because this is it's like the whole sort of man's search for meaning um mm. uh, victor frankel that is a great book by the way yeah yeah and you think of like the hardships and stuff that they suffered and you look at us now and it's like well yeah, why okay. are we? Why why are we more depressed than ever? That's a big one, isn't well, it? Exactly, and I can, I keep circling back to there's no meaning with it. I mean, like in fitness, the goal I have for the people that I work with and the people that I've tried sort of like help over the years is to get them to understand that they are good enough. It's like you are mm. cool as you are. That's awesome. If you wish to be better though, that's mm. also a choice that you can make. It's just when that starts to happen, it can have that effect on their sort of local hierarchies and just how their social circle works. And then it comes to the bucket of crab mentality of all of their friends will be supported to the point of their, so long as they're not more successful than they are. And then they start trying to drag them down. I'm sure some of your listeners um, may have heard it. It's like they start to lose weight, they get stronger, good things happen. And mm. suddenly, oh, you don't go out anymore. You're boring now. Oh, you know, just relax, <laughs> you've this treat. And yeah. You look at it and it's like, okay, you now have to make a choice. 
do you wish to surround yourself with this style of mindset, which you could classify as maybe a fixed mindset as opposed to a growth one, or mm. do you want to move forwards? But the thing with moving forwards is people don't, they're quite happy just, just circle around in the comfort zone and just sort of stretch the limits every now and again. The homeostasis thing, isn't it? Around weight and things yeah, like that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Because like you said earlier on, when it comes to sacrifice, sacrifice isn't sacrifice until it hurts. Mm. That's how you know like, what, people have made a sacrifice because you're like, this is going to hurt. What we're touching mm-hmm. upon here is a, is a sort of a complex conversation in terms of the, the, the national health systems having at the moment that we're definitely yeah. in the front of our minds after what happened with coronavirus, particularly as mm. more hindsight research goes into it and the susceptibility of people to the virus who are obese, clinically, you know, clinically obese wow. and, and, and maybe mm. carrying general amounts of, of, of weight, being <laughs> overweight is, is a danger. And that's a, a complex one because you, like you say, we don't, we're very sensitive to, to making people feel bad or shaming people is the, is the modern parlance. But we do also mm. want to be candid and honest with people because actually you might be doing them a disservice. You know, there's an argument you have to be cruel to be kind. Maybe not cruel, but you have to be honest, don't you? That's a complex, yeah. complex one. How do you approach that? Well, see, that's, that's an excellent sort of topic, an excellent point to bring up as well, is the sort of modern culture is of, oh, you don't want to shame people and victim blaming and all these sorts of things. It's like, that's not what's happening. If you wish to go down that route to come to an answer, you're going to need to be a little bit more pragmatic with it. Mm. You're going to have to have sort of logic and reason to sort of get to those things. It's not saying that emotions aren't important because emotions are what drive people. Yeah. This is the difficult sort of side of it is people say everyone's emotions are uniquely different to them. It's like, well, yes. However, if you take a big step back, you can almost interchange people from around the world and be like, okay, just write down a few things. And then somebody else in a different country could write down almost identically the same thing. Mm. You're like, we're not as unique as people would like it to be. No, and, it to- and we can all take action, can't we as well? Exactly. We can take action because when it comes to this sort of way of it, it's almost people claim to want freedom, but what they really want is freedom from responsibility. Because at the end of the day, unless you are forced into that situation, it is out of your control like take food for example you can chew you're essentially if you eat excessive amounts of food you are choosing to be overweight yeah and people disagree with that and be like how can you say that that's so heinous ross i'm like well i'm willing to listen tell me otherwise because we Mm. know from like the bariatric sort of patients and those things when they get put on calorie controlled diets to a specific point they will lose weight and end up within like one or two pounds of what was exactly predicted yeah. in terms of the weight. Whereas where they blame it on an, uh, yeah, where it can be attributed, you hear it to a sort of uncontrollable thing. Whereas mm. as you're saying there, you can control it and everyone can, can regulate, yeah. regulate And again, it. that's not to then take away from the emotions or the, the traumas they may have suffered or what might be causing those reasons. Okay, that's cool. It's like, we know the science and the technical stuff with it. So we need to know what's causing that. Yeah, this is where when people look at it, go, oh, it's just, it's not that simple. It's like, well, actually, from a physiological mm. standpoint, it is very simple. From a psycho, psycho, psychological and emotional standpoint, that's where it becomes different. But yet, yeah. is that because we are now being told to feel that way? Because people like to be told how to, sort of like what to think, as opposed to how to think or how to be critical and how to question things for fear of upsetting. And it's like, well, mm. if you like you, you've got a kid right you'll let your yeah. child fall on grass you'll be like well that was silly wasn't it yeah you might let them slip on a little bit of a paving slab because it's not too far but you wouldn't let them fall off of a roof no 
No. Right? And that's, that's a, the thing with it. Yeah. You let people make certain mistakes, then there's a point of, no, that's just stupid. That, that's going to cause problems. It's, well, it's interesting on weight as well, because what you said in the, the research, which I wasn't aware of, it makes sense about because people will always lament the body mass index scale because people who are athletic will say, well, I've got lots of muscle. That's why I'm high on this. And relative to my height, I'm heavy because of, because I work out, but you were pointing out actually that, that any weight is, is not necessarily, if it's above, above a certain level, isn't necessarily healthy, which is interesting. And it, I've had Joe Ballinger on here as a bodybuilder. He lives around the corner from me. And he, he says when he's, when he's peak weight, he can barely, he can barely walk down the road. So it's, it is interesting on that actually. It's a consideration, isn't it? Well, it's one of those very interesting things because I remember somebody who sort of speaks about that very eloquently is um, Dr. Jordan Feigenbaum of Barbell Medicine and Austin Baraki, Dr. Austin Baraki is uh, his sort of partner in that. And they have some very interesting sort of thoughts and the way they explain those things because they, they are doctors, they're medical people. And mm. they're like, okay, here's the medicine, here's how it works. Um, Austin Baraki's very much into his pain science. He's fascinating, very, very intelligent sort of, uh, and very great to listen to. And you start listening to these things and you're like, wow, I hadn't considered it from that before. Because that's like the BMI thing. That was where I sort of got onto that. You're like, well, actually, weight is weight. It's like stress mm. to the body. Heart, is... heart, you, you, yeah, your heart, and lungs are, your heart and lungs aren't they? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, there's, there's only so much like, stress and weight your body can handle. And that's when it goes into like set point theory. If your body wants to be around a certain weight all the time and it can be taught and it can learn to end up being a certain weight. Yeah. What is that body mass index point that people who are, who are weightlifting and bodybuilding, where should they be? concern or is it is it's it un- one of those to be confirmed yeah essentially yes i mean again you could be what is classified as overweight for most of your life in terms of bmi and have no health problems at all it's like well this is where again you need to then look at the the nuance of it because you've got obviously that was, i think it's like over 30 is sort of overweight and then over 35 starts going to obese and mm. it starts to change it's like okay so this is the classifications that now let's look at the health markers what's your blood pressure doing what is you know cholesterol levels doing what are all these extra things doing and how is it affecting your body because then you start to get the big picture because that's where i do agree that bmis are limiting on that point if you can't just pigeonhole everything with one thing yeah yes it can be it can be a good yardstick a good like a good pin in the map as a start but, but yeah pins can be moved, but it can be it can be changed when you get more information yeah and that's it, always the hard bit is getting more information and a lot of people especially in fitness when they come to like lifestyle change or wishing to change is they don't necessarily want to be fully honest with what's going on because they might be embarrassed about it mm. like, it can be very hard to admit certain things sometimes they're just not aware they're like what what there's there's calories in coca-cola you're like yes <laughs> yeah and sometimes they're just not aware and you're like yeah okay, yeah, yeah that's cool <laughs> like, you just yeah. aren't aware of it yeah, squash versus plain water, things like that. What a difference that'll make over a the cumulative effect of a day over weeks and, and calorie intake and things. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And this is what people then forget that, oh, but I'm, I'm so active and I can't lose weight. But physiologically, you're clearly in a calorie surplus. Mm. And you, you can ask me, well, what if I've got a genetic condition? Okay, yeah. so you have a leptin problem? Do you have leptin sort of signaling? Are you leptin, you know, can you, your body <laughs> not know what to do? Yeah. And they'll be like, what do you mean? It's like, okay, if that was the case, you'd know about it. Now, all mm. people with serious medical conditions usually are fully aware of them and have yeah. been for a long time. But, Whereas it's quite easy to jump on the bandwagon and say, oh, I've, I've got this problem. Yeah. Are you self-diagnosed or are you using that because it's very hard for people to then actually address it without coming across as crass or bitter or whatever, or just like putting people down. It's like, no, it's just asking an objective question. Mm. 
Well, one thing I think we're wrestling with that's big is this human instinct to rest, which has been with us for millennia that has, yeah. has, has saved us because, we, you know, we had brutal lives, whether we were hunter gatherers or we were mm-hmm. agrarians all pulling plows and stuff. on. So if you could rest, you took it. But the problem is now that society is, as you say, we can be perpetual rest. And you mentioned mm-hmm. the inner psychology and how we get out of that state and how we maybe re- reframe. But also we talked about on the day of the course of the weekend was the the circles we move in this is a very interesting one for mm. for not only fitness but salaries for beliefs principles yeah. whatever it may your development as a character about how who the people you associate with which is tricky because people think it, it means like you know sack off all your childhood friends but often it can be more about aspiring to to meet new people who who may inspire you yeah and it's challenging the the sort of thoughts that you have it's not to say that thoughts people have like are incorrect or wrong it's like okay well how can you fully realize your sort of potential of knowledge and and breadth of sort of character without directly going to a view that you don't agree with because you need to understand it and using the example of one of the modern narratives you know everyone's opinion is valid and it should always be you know Mm. considered and we should always you know try and accommodate to them as best as possible I'm like okay great (laughs) and then I I will usually pick one of the most polarizing topics and go so you agree with in this country, this culture, and this this part of religion, how they do it, they still allow you to stone this person for whatever reason. Mm. You're happy for that to be, you know, that's cool. You agree with that. No, yeah. like, well, no, that's different. I'm like, no, no, no. If you wish to accept all cultures and all those things, great, cool, nothing wrong with that. Then you have to look a little bit deeper and go, okay, is, are there things in it you don't agree with? If so, why do you disagree with them? Yeah. And then you have to ask, okay, so why do they agree with it? Why is it important to them on a much deeper level? And this is yeah. where we, we end up, or people end up being hypocrites quite a lot because it's like there are certain things that will go against moral compass and personal view and personal bias. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's when it's like, okay, so whose bias is better? <laughs> yeah. Whose bias yeah. is right, whose bias is wrong? It, it's, knowing, yeah, it's knowing your principles as well, isn't it? Sometimes elucidating them so that you can work within exactly. them. Exactly. And yeah. this is where fitness and science and those things, I'm very much a fan of that because it can come down to right you're not a bad person you're an awesome person however we're taking this out of the equation let's just look at the data yeah yeah and uh, yeah <laughs> in a family i've got a family of doctors around me my family's a lot of gps and actually yeah sometimes i would rather the opinion of a doctor about something than the joe blogs down the road so it's like you say there's that expertise comes into it as well ross i mean i think you've got an out shortly so i won't keep you too longer but just generally for fitness trainers who may be listening to this is your approach I mean, you're almost becoming a, a counsellor. And I know, I know PTs in the past have said to me that often they fulfil that role. It's mm-hmm. about, is it how important is listening to a prospective client, a current client, and, and being realistic with your advice mm-hmm. based on, on their life? Because we've all got different lives, haven't we? We're at different stages of life. And yes. that has to, what, what people can do exercise-wise is, is very much tied to that. I oh, know, it's, it's crucial. I mean, in terms of education, um, Gary Mendoza has, uh, and Dr. Gary Mendoza rather has um, some great information on that. I'm pretty sure his website is called States of Change. Mm. I hope I haven't got that wrong, but that's <laughs> worth checking out because it's Mendoza. It's worth, yeah. yeah, it's worth looking at those um, particular avenues. Now, I've done sort of like online courses with just like basic, you know, basically like introductions to psychology and those things. Um, mm. I've gone to college and done like extra sort of like courses in terms of motivational sort of interviewing and listening to people just just to gain knowledge, not so I could turn around and go, well, I'm uh, I can do this. It's like, no, I don't want to be like a psychiatrist or any of those things. And it was just to to help the deeper understanding. Go, OK, there's extra tools now. And mm. that's one thing I'd advise a lot of fitness professionals, new, old, indifferent 
to actually start to expand the understanding of like the psychology to understand to also then expand it into business and fitness i'll be honest i personally have yet to see anything new under the sun from a training <laughs> perspective honestly the amount of books and stuff i've, I've yeah. read a lot of it just circles back to mostly of the russians from like strength sport and those kind of things obviously if you've got your own sort of sport niches you'll find the country that tends to be the best in it yeah that's where most of the good information comes from mm. yet when it comes to the nuance of people minds how they develop that is very much fledgling worth, yeah. yeah worth delving into i remember stumbling across a podcast it must have been 10 or 15 years ago now you can still find them all on um on the archive now this chap's name was sean croxton um, mm. And I think the podcast at the time was called Underground Health Wellness Radio. And there were so many people on there that just had different thought processes. You're like, oh, and it just opens up holes. And um, like with uh, sort of through like your podcast and those things, look at all the different people. They've all got those different perspectives and it really helps people sort of expand their view. And again, it doesn't mean you have to agree with everyone. Mm. However, you can always appreciate what people have to say. And mm. that's where you listen to them. You're like, OK, this is cool. And that's where it's very much about that learning. So for PT, yeah. right, understanding how people are, life coaching qualifications are always good to, to look into. Um, Arcology did quite a good one. That's uh, Kane Ramsey's um, brainchild, if you'd like to call it. In Future Fit, yeah. Um, and no, he's not in Future Fit. He's no. somebody something different. I mean, Future Fit, we've got the uh, links in with like behavior change modules and mm. some great stuff uh, on that side of things. So again, it's still very, it's that level of getting people right in the door okay here's where you need to start because there's so much information it can be quite overwhelming for new pt how do you say that they're like well where do i start so like, if you, you want to start if, if your role is inspiring change and, and and freedom for the individual and this i guess you, you tell you do those counseling courses this is a cynical perspective some people have a therapist that they never want you to feel better because they want you to be sort of have that crutch factor do you almost want them to to make you redundant as a as a coach and move on to, yeah, well, yeah, to yeah, do themselves 100%. yeah yeah, 100%. That's always been sort of the goal with it. I mean, when you when you learn those things, I mean, so if people say they don't want to go back to college or anything, I believe, was it, um, and there used to be a good one online, I think it was Chrysalis, they were quite good. And with their sort of like online sort of counselling things, just to get people, again, give them the base knowledge, do lots of case studies to learn, to learn it. It doesn't mean they can then go be a counsellor, it just means you've now got extra perspective. Mm. And like CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy, again, it's about getting the perspectives on stuff to give you more tools to, to speak to people um, and obviously reading books uh, Robert Caldini um, his book Influence the Science of Persuasion is a great book to read ah. how, to, how to Win Friends and Influence People um, by Dale Carnegie is another excellent book yeah I mean lots of sales books you'll find some some real like nods to all the NLP which yeah. was um oh god that was band um was it Richard Bandler and someone yeah, else neuro-linguistic programming it's strange that I once went to a seminar for that but the guy, <laughs> the guy did this um it's interesting it's quite renowned but he did this thing of like suddenly this theatrical thing of like suddenly the next course has gone down in price I've just been handed an envelope and you're thinking really your assistant's done that in the middle of this course it seemed yeah. a bit that threw me off but no one else seemed to notice I was a bit like this is all a bit premeditated but it was quite yeah it's quite interesting watching people because the NLP stuff I was I was and maybe mm. I'm less susceptible to it I don't know because I've done so many interviews and been around so many people but it was interesting watching it play out that it, um people were very much captivated by this chat with, with nlp processes oh yeah again from the nlp sort of stuff because i've done a few of those courses it, it people want things that they always want the secret they want that one answer that would just revolutionize their yeah. business and those things and that sort of stuff and then that, that stuff is out there and that's following systems 
I mean, from a fitness business standpoint, Alan and Rachel Cosgrove of Results Fitness University, I believe it's called. I'm pretty sure that's their, their website now. That they can teach all the systems and all those things. I believe Alan was the one who said um, an acronym system is save yourself time, effort and money along mm. those lines. Brilliant. Because mm. <laughs> I first stumbled across him on um, the strength coach strength coach podcast with um anthony runner and mike boyle okay um and this was when it was going back right and todd durking when it was like ages ago i'm pretty sure that was his name so when it first came around and all of those things it's all about the people that have been in the industry like far longer than me they're trying to understand the person mm. and that's the deepest thing can you get the person to the point where they are good enough to go and do it on their own and you cannot take them any further it's not a bad thing it just means that you have done what you can because there's only so far that we can grow as a person that's where the whole thing of you know standing on the shoulders of giants comes from yeah is for somebody to progress past you you have to give them everything that you can but then understand that their thanks to you is then surpassing you and becoming better mm. unfortunately you see this a lot of martial arts is some people will not want that to happen because mm. the second it does start to happen the ego starts to get involved yeah and that's the the hard part with it is sometimes people then feel that they will be potentially redundant or not useful sort of not valued in yeah. life and, and that can be quite a hard one is if mm. people don't feel valued or yeah important and, it, needed. and that, that influence you can is, is getting validation in that moment of maybe get the ego boost from allowing that person to progress that's a sort of sign of, of your achievement and in, in nlp and things like that are fascinating maybe i was too judgmental because actually when you, when you frame it differently you can be seen as a tool to positively help and influence people because i saw it sometimes as the context of business it's almost like a trick trick people into getting a sale or because a lot of sales people actually the conference i went to so that that made me think be a little bit suspicious of mm. of it or get someone to go out with you or whatever it, whatever it might yeah, be um, 100%. i mean that, that's the thing isn't it is technically there's no such thing as a as a bad tool only a, a bad application of that tool mm. or perhaps the misapplication of that tool from the person that is using it. And then that comes down to intent, what they're looking to gain from it and those yeah. kind of things. Because a hammer is just a hammer. Mm. Right? It can be used to put up shelves or it can be used to weapons yeah. somewhere. It's yeah. And that's where, as you rightly said, perspective is everything. And the more we can have that deep and sort of enriched perspective, the more we can allow ourselves to be influenced and to grow. Um, so that's sort of what I would say to a lot of the, the newer PTs and people that are listening is, Try and get your clients to the point of where they no longer need you. Now, I can understand that's scary from a business standpoint. People go, crikey, I've got yeah. no money. I need money. Okay, great. If you get people results, mm. get more business clients. will come because what you do works. Mm. Know, that business will come for that. And yes, it might not happen immediately, which it'd be nice if it did. It's going to take time. But all things take time, right? Mm. As you were saying about um, school and stuff, nobody expects a five-year-old to be able to go straight to uni. <laughs> no. It doesn't yeah. happen. Yet yeah. when it comes to fitness and fitness business and those things, people expect things to happen overnight and instantly. It's like I've, I have yet to meet an overnight success that wasn't mm. at least 10 to 15 years deep in their industry. Absolutely. Build a strong base. Build a strong base is always a good, yeah, even if it, yeah, and, and out of the spotlight sometimes as well. I don't need to be making making headlines. Ross, quickly, because I know you've got you, time is pressing. You asked us about a life philosophy on the course. I just wondered if you could finish with yours and, and maybe just give a general sense of your optimism around public health, because it does seem that we're our own worst enemy at the moment around sedentary lifestyles, screen life, that kind of stuff, whether you feel that that we can, you know, kind of create a culture that's not beset by by chronic illness. Mm. Uh, I'll answer the second question first. So in regards to sort of the public health, the 
for the UK specifically? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, or, or, or Western world in general, whichever. I know yeah. the UK is tracking the US generally in a lot of statistics. Yeah. So. I'll, I'll address the UK first. With the UK specifically, right, for everyone listening, we are very lucky because we have the NHS. However, that is not your excuse to then let yourself go to rack and ruin, which is what happens. Mm. This is why doctors, nurses, and all the medical professionals are, uh, professionals are so stressed, is because people let themselves essentially fall to bits. Yeah, save the NHS, right? save yourself, yeah. Right. Yeah, you, you need to take your own health into your own hands. Yes, there'll be some people that have medical conditions and things that are out of their control. Okay, that's cool. That's fine. Yet those are the people, at least ones that I know, that put a lot of effort into their health and doing what they can to make themselves healthier and better. Yet there's so many more that can rely on things, so they will. And until a problem becomes immediately threatening or the consequences immediate, they won't address it. And then that's just people being lazy, for lack of a better term. And I'm sure people would like to burn the state for saying that. Mm. But it's like, well, you are the result of your conscious and maybe even unconscious choices in life. Like yeah. If you don't like something, you have the capacity to change it in some way, shape or form. People are, oh, I don't like my job. I don't like where I live. Move. Mm. Oh, well, I can't do that. Why not? Yeah. You can it's do it's... that. You are literally, you are not in a communist state where you're not allowed to go anywhere. No. Yeah, or or dictatorship, yeah. Not yeah. quite. So, so that's that's when that comes into it. Again, regards to health around the world, unfortunately, I think that's always going to be something we're never going to be on a united front across the world because there will always be differences. Like some people will believe, oh, no, no, if I just have this this deep spiritual faith, this will be healed. Mm. You have cancer of your lymph nodes. Mm. I really wish, really wish this is going to be the case that you need medical help. And they're like, no, 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 my spiritual power will help it yeah uh, okay and that's where it's going to be again difficult and this is where you can only let people choose to live as as they wish Mm. Um, in regards to uh, my life philosophy it (laughs) it's a very very simple one that i do try and adhere to i don't always manage to get to it (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is this is why it's good because yeah remind yourself it's it's trying to pass things on so that you can see people do better than you like to learn from the mistakes it's like mm. we all we all do silly things and make mistakes in life and it's like if if one person can be saved from that so that they do not have to go through the same things or make the same mistakes that is the goal that is mm. the aim and then from there hopefully they can then save one person yeah and then that starts to get that snowball and then people start to do things not because it's going to be rewarding or anything like that just because they can not even because it's the right thing to do because right? that's that's like a moral thing then yeah so try and do good where you can yeah a ripple that's, effect yeah. yeah yeah that's a very very sort of simple way that i try and look at things again i don't always succeed <laughs> i don't always okay. succeed and people try yeah they can call me a hypocrite and all sorts of things like that because i can be very stern and very cold when i say mm. things but there's never malicious intent or anything behind it it's like well you've had people pandering to you for how many years i'm not going to waste your time i have more value for you yeah than that so pull your finger out your ass essentially yeah yeah and sometimes giving people excuses isn't isn't the right way i think it's it's fascinating that that ripple effect that you're talking about there i think comes back to a lot of what maybe as a young man you have grandiose ideas and i know people who do a lot of philanthropic things abroad but have Mm -hmm. kids at home and actually have now maybe adjusted and thought, well, my biggest impact will be here with these kids and what, what I can leave for them. And parenthood is definitely something where you see that, where you think 
what the lessons from my childhood that I can do better at and that, mm-hmm. and that hopefully our children will be better at parenting and then the human race kind of progresses and it evolves that way and sometimes it is just getting it right on a small scale hopefully helps the, the bigger picture but Ross you've been fantastic really appreciate you coming on here and also on the, the subject of accountability we'll have to do another podcast because people will look at you as a, a lean mean shaven headed fitness professional and think that you haven't got adversity but actually you you know you, you're telling me about your low testosterone uh, underactive thyroid mm-hmm. things like that so when it comes to accountability you're not preaching from a, a position of um of privilege in a sense you've you've had to work to, to get into that condition yourself of, of physical sort of um accomplishment so i think that we'd be great to talk about that some more as well and, and how that's inspiring i think to people who who as you say have genuine excuses but actually you've you've circumnavigated some on your own personal level the thing is that everyone can be better in some way shape or form it doesn't have to be from a physical standpoint right i know people that are like phenomenal human beings and they reach people through their writing or through their podcasts mm. or just through doing things of that nature. And it's like, that's great. It's like they achieve far more because they, they choose to do it. And you're like, perhaps <laughs> that's where we need to be with like humanity. We actively need to choose to be better. Yeah. Not for ourselves, but just to be better to generally impact everyone. And unfortunately, even in doing that, there's no such thing as a selfless act. We will still get something from that in mm. regards to it makes us feel good. Kindness is a real buzz. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, I know you, I know you have to shoot, but you should start a podcast, by the way, some sort of uh, thought, <laughs> thought of the day, whether it's ph- philosophy or, or physical training. But I know you do do uh, some cool videos on Instagram. I checked out your Instagram page. Let us know where, where the best place is to follow that. And you do your, your blogs as well. Yeah. So when on Instagram, people will find me just um, at PT 10 It's... <laughs> I said to somebody yesterday, it's very low quality production with hopefully like high value information. But I like that, that you're not you're not doing it for vanity effects. It's not not a lot of shirtless pictures with a, a pina colada in your hand and things like that. No, I so, say and, and that's that. And then when it comes to sort of just like the general writing of bits and pieces, um, I just put a lot of that on um, uh, my uh, Rossfit um, personal training uh, Facebook page, which is it's not there for any reason other than just to put stuff on there. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's nothing, there's nothing sold on there. It's just like, here's information. Well, if it's, I, useful, if it's not, it doesn't matter. Well, I loved it. Yeah. You really helped me and made me think about movement and the importance of different movement and challenging ourselves in the course of the weekend, doing reverse flies and confusing that with back extensions. My brain was frazzled, but that was a real epiphany to me. We had some great conversations and I appreciate your time today, Ross, and, and hope to speak to you soon. I know you're a sun lover, so hopefully that weather continues over the weekend and enjoy it. No, I, I think that's I think that's the UK summer done. The twenty seventh of May. <laughs> I think that was it for the UK. Come on, you missed that day. It's gone. Don't be pessimistic. Catch up with you soon, Ross. Thank you. Yeah, have a good day, buddy. Take care. Fantastic to speak to Ross Mitchell there, Southampton based. I'm sure he's doing some fitness training over the weekend as well. Great tutor, great learned thinker. I think there really interesting the, the topics that he considers, and I think that resonates with me is that the health and fitness is more about the individual how it fits into your life and that subject of accountability and taking responsibility for your life is paramount it seems that the the unwitting outcome potentially the national health system which has been in the uk since 1948 has been perhaps a because there's no financial cost at source for getting treated for chronic health conditions perhaps it's bizarrely let's be a little bit blasé about our health even though we live in our body it's our reality every day people can let things slide and we can attribute external factors 
that sort of alleviate our responsibility. But that's not empowering, is it? And I think he's got an empowering message, albeit some might see it as a, a robust and stark message and, and maybe affront people's sensibilities. But I think it's important if we are going to be a cohesive and healthy society and well-functioning that we all, all, all trying to have that individual responsibility and we'll feel better because of it, don't we? And we all got work to do on that front, of course, and different areas of our life, be it fitness, work, health, whatever it may be. Um, sleep, again, is a big one that came up there. I really appreciate Ross's insight. Hope to get him back on the podcast as well. Talk about his uh, hormonal issues with testosterone and, and thy thyroid function because I think that is empowering and, and, and inspiring to see someone who's, who's battled those issues. Again, not put it down to or, or put him off pursuing career in fitness and the martial arts he's a practitioner of in his spare time as well mixed martial arts so thank you to him thank you to you for listening thank you to the sponsors as ever bang Olufsen of cheltenham and serene av who are specialists in the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations check out bang Olufsen cheltenham on twitter and instagram and with cytoplan.co.uk if you are looking to optimize your supplement intake and should have spoken more about that with ross actually because i know he's, he's interested in trace elements and mentioned chromium to me as something that potentially women who crave chocolate could be lacking chromium is in the immune complete range that we take from cytoplan as well just as a, a point of note but if you are looking to, to guess just get that top off build on the this foundation of good sleep we talked about there something i'm still struggling to do and, and and activate fully in my life actually because of my shift work but sleep exercise good diet whatever that good diet may be for you and then top it up with with supplementation if you go to cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk my discount code is draper10r d-r-a-p-e-r all capital letters the numbers one zero and the capital letter r thank you for being here having half time half term off the podcast route a little bit still working but got my uh, little girl to to focus on during this week and then back next week hoping to get tony bellew on soon actually talk about his new book lessons life lessons of boxing which i think definitely chimes with the concept of this podcast and why i began it in 2018 looking to i guess explain and elucidate the key topics the metaphors that explains uh, perhaps points to my obsession with sport over the past near 40 years of my life now so thank you for listening to the podcast, guys. Hope you appreciate it. Have a good week. Rate it on iTunes or wherever platform you're listening to. That'd be great. And RossFit10 Facebook as well on Instagram. I follow him on Instagram. So if you want to come through my Instagram, Ed underscore Draper81 to find him, that'd be good too. And uh, appreciate his time. Appreciate yours. Thank you for listening, guys. And goodbye for now. <laughs>